0: Growth Igniters Radio, Episode 3, Why Conversational Intelligence is a Game Changer in Business. This episode is brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, enabling successful leaders and companies to accelerate to their next level of growth, on the web at businessadvance.com.
1: And now, here's Pam and Scott. Thanks, Chris. I'm Pam Harper, founding partner and CEO of Business Advancement Incorporated, and right across from me is my partner and uh, husband, Scott Harper
0: hi Pam how how's everything
1: just going well
0: terrific so reminding people the purpose of growth igniters radio is to spark new insights inspiration and immediately useful ideas so that leaders can take themselves and their companies to the next level of success so with that Pam what are we talking about today
1: well Scott as you know in episode 2 we had a conversation with Jim Blasingame the small business advocate about the age of the customer his uh, Incredible book, and also how the quality of our conversations with customers and our community affects whether customers see us as relevant, right? Yeah. So, today what we're going to do is put the emphasis on quality conversations. And who better to do this with than uh, Judith Glazer, who is the CEO of Creating We. She is an award-winning author of the best-selling book, Conversational Intelligence, How Great Leaders Build Trust and Get Extraordinary Results. And I am so excited to have her here. Welcome, Judith. I'm so thrilled to be on your show. I'm really, really excited. It is. So- it's, it's wonderful. So, yeah. so Judith, uh, talk to us a little bit about what is this field of conversational intelligence. Uh, We do, we use conversations all the time,
2: every day, from the time a baby's born until the time we end our lives, it is the, it's what, it's the glue that holds human beings together. But so often we think of conversations as giving information to other people, or telling people things to do, or it's, it's, it's that we've been growing up in the information age, and so we think of conversations as information between people. In fact, the dictionary definition talks about it that way. So So it's, it's, it's information. That's not what I say it is. That's <laughs> that. That's what the dictionary says it is. And Interesting. That's what, yeah. So, you know, I've, I I wrote a dictionary a bunch of years ago for Random House, and it made me think about how the, the way we define things in the world shapes the way we experience them. And yes. from the time I was young, I was interested in neuroscience at, at a crazy level. And so I said um, to myself, what if conversations were something different than what we thought they were? what if in fact conversations have many levels to them which we all know because when we sit in our head and think about something as we're talking that's a level or when we you know or when we observe someone after we've had the 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 conversation that's another level and so I said conversations really have to be redefined as how we connect navigate and grow with others So so it's about
0: more than just words then
2: It's absolutely more than just words. Words are important and we can talk about that too, but the key is to broaden people's awareness about how conversations are so important that we should actually prime for them. And while we're in them, we should check and see how we're doing. And afterwards, we need to also think about the impact. So we've broadened conversations from the words to a whole process of
1: engagement between human beings. And you know, that's really interesting because we, have conversations with people as naturally as breathing, and we all get into these habits. Hey, stop that. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But isn't that true? I mean, don't you find that there are habitual ways that people have conversations? Well, you've actually nailed the heart of what conversations
2: and conversational intelligence is all about. Um, so thank you for refocusing on that and and that is that conversations are habit patterns that we get into we've gotten into from the time we were little when a parent says uh, you know don't do what I uh, do do what I say right uh, and right, you right. know all those clever little things that people mm-hmm. used to control us when we were bad and <laughs> true and, you know
1: <laughs> <laughs> I hear them all the time <laughs> yes yes, you know. yes. but that's yeah. true and and so it's almost as natural as breathing sometimes that's what makes it so tricky. Mm-hmm.
2: It is, and and yet um, every time we start to think about conversations in terms of rituals, instead of the, the bad side, which is the habit patterns that don't work, um, when I shift it or, or refocus people into thinking of conversations as um, rituals that we all can learn to do, which have the ability to open up different parts of our brain, different parts of our body, meaning even our heart and enable us to tap into wisdom that even we didn't know that we had.
0: So Judith you mentioned that you had this interest in neurochemistry and neurophysiology. So it sounds like a lot of your understanding about conversational intelligence is really based upon evidence. It's it's evidence-based, science-based, which really resonates with me because I was trained as a scientist and yeah. I I like to say you know why do things work if we understand why things work then we can understand how to make them work better so what what is some of the science behind this and takes it out of opinion and and more into the realm of uh theory and application
2: so here i'm so glad um that we're able to talk about science now because scott and pam as you you can imagine that when i tried to bring science 30 years ago into the discussion about leadership (coughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I, I have to tell you, I had at least a hundred rejections of this book that is now conversational intelligence and, you know, says it all in, in language that people can understand, but the thrust in the last 10 years of neuroscience becoming a part of everybody's thought agenda, I mean, even in schools, and early schools, you know, people are thinking about it, It's made it easy, easier for me to, to talk about this. So here are a couple of really cool things. Um, one is that in 0.07 seconds, our brain can get something it's a level that's so much faster than just the words alone because for me to just say a word it's it's much longer in terms of time but our body as we're interacting with each other in 0.07 seconds is picking up chemistry and electrochemistry and the waves that we're sending each other and making decisions on our behalf
0: so what's an example
2: So whether I trust you or not, um, we now know that within 10 feet of another person, the electrochemical waves of me processing my experience with you and you processing your experience with me is happening. And as we get close, our hearts pick up that chemistry. It's a combination of chemical and electrical. And our heart reads that and sends messages to the brain, either I trust or distrust this person.
0: So that gut feeling really is...
2: It's a gut feeling. It's, it's, it's yep. real.
0: It's not just thought oh, in my... Right. Well, I guess it is in my head, but it's more in my brain and my body, right?
2: Yeah, it's, it's uh, in, your, wow. in your heart and in your gut. And the, um, the neurons that go from the gut to the brain are different. And uh, they are longer and more powerful. It's like a speedier train. Like you can tell it, take an Acela train or you can take a slow train. That certain nerves have been built and designed for us, the Vons neurons, for example, which is the ones I'm talking about, are made to have speedier connections. And so we, when we say, do you trust your gut? That's there for a reason. That's an wow. evolutionary phenomena. That's,
1: that's yeah. So the
2: more
0: we understand that, the more we can start to really shape our conversation in a much more beneficial way.
2: And an example of shaping the conversation more beneficially, Scott, is that there were times where people would say, "You know, use your head, don't use your gut. In in other words, the guidance was you can't trust it. It's just Mm. a gut. Mm -hmm.
1: Right? Right. Gut feeling is something people would say that's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Not rational. Yeah. Especially in business. Oh, yeah. Exactly. 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 So you're saying we really do have to trust our gut.
2: Uh, learn to trust our gut. In fact, the new the new research on biases, and uh, cognitive biases, is saying that our brain deceives us so often. For example, we really want someone to love us, so we give them a halo. And we don't see, as a result of that, the signals they're sending us that are the distrust signals. So now we've used our head in a way that makes us feel great inside. Oh, they love me. I'm gonna fall in love with this person. They love me. And we're not picking up the signals that our gut is telling us, hold it. You know, your relationship isn't strong enough yet. Don't marry that person or
1: whatever. Wow. <laughs> <I'm making stuff laughs> or, don't <laughs> or don't hire them. don't hire them, right? <laughs> or don't hire them, exactly. Or don't
0: sign that contract.
1: Well, yeah, this, exactly. this is uh, something that we're going to have to do a little more conversation about. But we're going to take a quick break right now. And when we come back, we'll talk more with Judith Glazer about how conversational intelligence is changing the way we think about leadership and culture change. Stay with us.
0: You're listening to Growth Igniter's Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper, brought to you by Business Advance and Incorporated, on the web at businessadvance.com. So do you like what you're hearing? If you do, go to growthignitersradio.com. Pick episode three and use the share buttons at the bottom of the page. to Tell your communities all about us. We welcome your comments on iTunes, Stitcher, or GrowthIgnitersRadio.com and encourage you to subscribe to the Growth Igniters Radio series so you won't miss a single episode.
1: Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper. That's me. And Scott Harper. Hi there. We're talking with Judith Glazer, CEO of Creating We, and the award-winning author of the best-selling book, Conversational Intelligence, How Great Leaders Build Trust and Get Extraordinary Results. Judith, how can people find your book and get more information about Creating We?
2: Uh, The easiest way is to go to Amazon and um, just type in Conversational Intelligence and you will find the book. The second way is to go, we have two websites. One is uh, www.creatingwe.com, where we have lots of information, articles, um, things that people can use to help them think through how they could use creating new technologies and conversational intelligence in the workplace um lots of great interviews uh of course yours will
1: be up there as soon as we get it (laughs) that's great i I have to say it's it really is a wealth of information so uh Mm -hmm. definitely check this out and
0: just for clarity the creating we that's w-e right not o-u-i
1: correct (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Capital W, capital (laughs) E. E. Okay, very good. That's right. Okay, well, now getting back, we talked a bit about what conversational intelligence is and where it comes from, uh, the scientific basis and all of that. Can you tell us a little more about why it's a game changer in business?
2: so i 've been in my business for over thirty years, and when it I started, uh, people would talk about culture change and transformation, and the theory was that it takes seven years to change a culture right um, and right and you have to do people processes um, strategy the whole there 's seven bullets, and mm. each one takes so many years and so forth. and I have challenged that from the very beginning that I started to learn about the power of of the neuroscience of we and the importance of relationships and conversations to making culture change work, I flipped everything upside down. And so when I talk about um, the 0.07 second effect, or I talk about the caring effect, which is for example, when people really care about each other, not about just that I win, but how can we win, which is often a piece of what culture change is all about. That mindset shift, right? That mindset shift activates a different part of our brain which enables us to think more holistically, and I I wanna talk about that with you because it's so important for culture change, Mm -hmm. right? More holistically, more uh, with greater connectivity and with the ability to step into taking risks and challenging the status quo, which is what change is all about. That's right, right. and
1: especially culture change and culture transformation.
2: Right, so changing, just changing processes or changing the order of things or just changing strategies that you print out in a document is not where change happens. We have to learn that change takes place when the prefrontal cortex, which is the most, it's called the executive brain, when Mm -hmm. that part of the brain is willing to open up, meaning it trusts the environment that that it's in, the, the relationship environment or the cultural environment. Until that part of the brain opens up, we will continue to recycle habit patterns and strategies that we already know. We might move the chairs on the deck, but we don't get change.
0: Okay, so Judith, just uh, to sort of put this in context as Mm -hmm. an example, I'm I'm going to frame something and then ask for your opinion. Uh, Back way years ago when I first joined uh, corporate research and development uh, from Mm -hmm. academia, Uh, one of the first things my supervisor at the time said is, don't talk to those people in marketing Mm
1: because they'll
0: steal your ideas, they'll take credit, and if it doesn't work, they'll blame you. And so we were very siloed. And uh, after a few years, uh, slowly the leaders at the top actually changed, the the CEO changed, and we started getting more and more encouragement to be multidisciplinary and to work together. And Mm -hmm. that it did take a long time, and but finally we started to get that feeling of okay, I can I can trust you. You understand me. I understand you. We have different agendas in, to mm-hmm. some extent, but we have a common goal. So, and, are you
1: saying then, Judith, that conversational intelligence could have speeded up that process because it took a long time?
0: Yeah, at least three years.
1: Yeah, exactly. And um, I understand. <clears throat> excuse me, that
2: fear of of sharing the best of what you know with other people because all of a sudden, especially if you're getting rewarded in your company for having great ideas, all of a sudden you're giving the quote, the enemy, which is what it feels like, um, the goods. In fact, the word collaboration means cohorting with the enemy.
0: Oh, really? Cohorting
2: with the enemy? Yes. (laughs) I never knew that. (laughs) Ah,
0: Learn something new every day.
2: Yes. That's great. Exactly. Okay, everybody out there, take
0: notes. (laughs)
2: I mean, goodness gracious, we've really created walls for ourselves, haven't we? You know,
0: <laughs> it's, wow. so that is yeah. So, so how how can then we use conversational leadership to change the way we look at leadership and culture change and and make it more effective and, and faster?
2: The the key in conversational intelligence and why this work excites me so much is if you incha- if you change the feel of the environment, then you change the chemistry of the conversations and relationships. So let me let me explain that. If uh, during the course of a change process, the whole and the whole process was designed around how to create cross-functional integration and conversations, how to set up strategies and systems and communication protocol or rituals to enable people to share the best of what they're thinking from their disciplines and mm-hmm. try to piece it together to create a puzzle that's much bigger in other words to put the puzzle pieces together to determine or uncover on earth your organization's greatest assets because you have to be you you have a marketplace that you want to bring your work to so how exactly. do you find what's the best of the best with that in mind you will shape a completely different strategy for culture change and transformation that actually activates that prefrontal cortex heart trust that's where trust lives part mm-hmm. of the uh-huh. brain And people won't be afraid anymore to share. In fact, the excitement of sharing will lead to higher levels of dopamine. That gets us excited. Endorphins, that's that's where best practices merge. People will start to see a completely different outcome Hmm.
1: when they think in
2: terms of conversational intelligence frameworks.
1: Interesting. Do you have just a really quick story maybe you could share of how, how that actually worked? Oh, my goodness. I have so many.
2: I have so many. Um, Yeah, just I mean, one of the biggest ones because of the um, both the economic result, as well as the culture transformation was work that I did with Clairol Um, at, you know, the hair that what we call the hair color company, right, right? they really put hair color on the map. Um, At one time, they were hair dye, and that was a dying marketplace. Excuse me for the humor. And so I was hired to come in and create a conversational strategy framework for them to go through their transformation. And the company was 250 million at the time. Within seven years, they became a 4.5 billion, that's billion dollar Whoa. company.
0: Um,
2: they how many they years? were sold in seven. They were sold wow. to Procter and Gamble and Procter and Gamble adopted the protocol that we used for the culture change, which is as now what we call conversational intelligence. Um, and so, what what we, so far does that make sense? I mean, it that does. there's a real yeah. That's a real yeah.
1: story, and I think that what's interesting is that before conversational intelligence, uh, where were they with all of this? I mean, they, conversational the, yeah. intelligence really transformed them.
2: Um, so where did it take when they them from? Uh, uh, so we started out with a company that was fragmented, um, like you were describing. Marketing and sales didn't talk to each other. Right, R um, and D, uh, yeah. R and D, and we made the project. Everybody had a. Everybody on the team came from marketing, promotion, sales, um, management, um, and the CEO's executive team. So we made the team who sponsored this be all the people that had to come together. So they uh-huh. had a vested interest.
1: Okay, uh-huh. that's right? great. Yeah, that's great. And that's then. A- and Good. then <laughs> Keep
2: and going. then and then, I sh- then I shaped conversational spaces I built I built a, um, a whole news network for them and uh, we were able to capture the success stories, the best practices, the examples of what the transformation was going to look like. So when the CEO would say, "Hey, you know, this is what we want to do. this is what transformation looked like." we created an ability for them to see what it looked like, to experience it, to share. so the, so we create the platform, for conversations was about sharing and discovering together, which is what conversational intelligence level three conversations are all about sharing shifting, and discovering right? sharing together. and discovering together. that's
1: a really good point well we're going to take another quick break and when we come back we'll talk more with Judith Glaser about why leaders can gain even better results from conversational intelligence and how they can elevate conversational intelligence in themselves and their organizations stay with us
0: You're listening to Growth Igniter's Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper, brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, enabling successful companies to accelerate to their next level of innovation and success. For exclusive offers and quarterly Harper reports highlighting emerging trends and issues in the business environment, click the Join Our Community button at growthignitersradio.com.
1: Welcome back to Growth Igniter's Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. We're having a wonderful conversation with Judith Glazer, CEO of Creating We and the award-winning author of the best-selling book, Conversational Intelligence, How Great Leaders Build Trust and Get Extraordinary Results. Judith, how can people find your book and get more information about Creating We? If they go to
2: Amazon.com, put the title in and you'll absolutely be targeted right to the book. Uh, to find out more about our work, uh,
1: that's dot com. Okay.
0: Terrific. Thank
1: you. It sounds good. So we've been talking about what conversational intelligence is, uh, why it's important, how it plays out in making amazing shifts in companies and their growth. And now let's talk about what leaders can do. All you people out there who are going to get off of this uh, radio program and go out there and do something, what can they do? How can
0: they really put it to work Yes, and make that so, transformation?
1: So here are a couple things. I'm going
2: to give you different levels. Um, this, there's a starting level that anybody can use, and I, when I say anybody I mean mothers, fathers, children, teachers, educators, uh, uh, scientists, any industry, and then people in work, every leader, manager, and employee can use the same couple of principles I'm gonna give everybody because they are so radically important and powerful. You'll get results immediately, okay? All right, let's go. uh, Here we go. The first and most important one is, it's all around listening. So much of what conversations have been, when we started this conversation, we talked about it as in giving information to other people or telling people what's on your mind. Um, We are now and have proven over the 30 plus years of our research that listening is the key and how we listen determines how we experience the other person. Now that sounds easy and it is, but it's also profound. What that means is when we listen to judge someone, we're sending electrochemical messages that we don't believe they are who, we, who they think they are, that we don't mm. trust them. Judgment closes down the brain and we pick it up in 0.07 seconds. However, listening to connect, not to judge or reject, send signals that you are open to that person and are giving you you believe in them you trust them and you want to experience them so, so. shifting from yes shifting listening
1: is shifting the primary listening. shift so, so how
0: do you do that because so many of us uh, I've heard you know we listen and actually we're just going on in our minds what I'm going to say next and yep. so how, how do we shift that habit it's this is the
2: part that's a, the practice part of what I do and um, in the beginning, I had one client, for example, who um, I coached because they weren't even sure that he was going to stay with the company. He was very challenging to people. He didn't realize that when he spoke, a lot of times he was so judgmental that it turned people off and they were frightened of him. Um, it turned out that as I got to know him, his family had issues with him as well. His wife, his children. <laughs> it oh, was, wow. it was, you know, it was 100%. So we started a practice. He said, "I started to focus when I was interacting with my family and people at work." in giving people three more seconds of, of focused time where I wasn't thinking about me, but I was really just paying attention to them. He said, I couldn't do more than three seconds in the beginning because my mind would shift back to thinking about what I didn't like about what they were saying. But he started out with three seconds and every time we met after that, he, I'd say, how are you doing? He said, this three second thing is amazing. He said, it's not only amazing for the people that I'm listening to, because I could see it in their eyes now, notice he's noticing more now. Mm-hmm. That's that's a signal that he's doing the right thing. He said, but I found my mind shifting as well.
1: Ah. So,
2: so self-awareness plus other awareness elevates. When so you So it's like a connect.
1: virtual cycle, a virtuous a, cycle, not virtual. It is a virtuous, virtuous. yeah. Virtuous cycle. Yeah. Exactly. Interesting, interesting. So what else, what else can people uh, do?
2: So that's number one. The second thing is asking questions for which you don't have answers. Too often, and you started to allude to this, uh, we think about where we're going next. And the questions that we right. So the questions, um, Scott, that we often ask people are questions that lead, they're called leading questions, where we lead others to say yes to something that we've said. So you think that's a good idea, don't you? And you said (laughs) that's a question, right? Yeah. It's a question. (laughs) You know. And so that's, we didn't talk much about this, but that is level two conversations where we are advocating a point of view that we have and where we are trying to influence people to move in the direction that we want them to go. That's positional.
0: Okay, what's level um, for one? Us,
2: level, so level one is, is transactional where we're doing a lot of telling and asking and okay. it's very information driven, but we're doing it to confirm what we know. And that is an important step in building relationships. Like I'm learning about you. I want to confirm that I know this or confirm that I know that. But the dark side of it is where we do too much telling and really aren't listening. Mm -hmm. So that's level one.
0: It can be perfectly useful if I'm, say, just interested in a transaction. Please sell me that packet of gum. But if we're trying to do something more sophisticated, more collaborative, got to go beyond that.
2: And many leaders, this is a big takeaway I hope people will get from our conversation today, um, that many people um, have preconceived notions about lots and lots and lots of things and when we try to do big change programs we want to confirm that we know we're going in the right direction so we do a lot of that telling level one stuff but Mm -hmm. we never but but we expect level three results. So a leader who goes around and does his roadshow and tells and tells and tells and says, this is where we're going and this is how you get there and I'm so glad you're on board and all these lovely things. He's in a telling mode and then he expects people to do what he told them to do, do what I say. And he doesn't get the results and then he gets upset and frustrated. And so that pattern exists in corporate America. It exists in parenting where we tell our kids what to do and they don't do it and then we get upset and think that they're rotten kids it's all being stuck in level one, looking for level three results.
0: Wow. So what okay. else?
2: So level, and level two is the persuading, um, thinking right. we're asking leading questions. Mm-hmm. So level three questions are asking questions for which you don't have answers. So if I ask you questions about, you know, what were you thinking when you were putting together your idea? What influenced you most? Mm. I never would know that. But what right. a powerful question for me to know about and for you to share with me. So that we, we, we merge our understanding of each other's mindsets.
1: So we really have to trust ourselves as much as uh, trusting other people. We have to believe that it's okay to actually not have all the answers. And that um, and other people do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and, and that we're creating something together. At least that's what I've found sometimes when we've worked with people. There'll be people who say, sometimes I don't want to know. I think I have to know all the answers. And... Mm-hmm. And if
0: I don't, I'm, I'm a failure.
1: Right. Yeah. Yep. So it's opening oneself up to a new way of looking at oneself too, as well as others. This very is the this is this profound. is with
2: if you think of yeah conversational intelligence as connecting, the quality of the connection determines the, the how well we then have our conversation. So the quality of the connection is first. Um, the second is navigating with others. So we're moving in and out of each other's ideas and thoughts and beliefs, not to always influence the other person to our way but to understand their way of thinking and then growing together and growing is about being open to learn new things learning new
0: things yeah learning new things now judith you mentioned that um we send out or we're we're sensitive to the aura of people next to us Mm -hmm. which sounds new agey but you're telling me that there's actually neurology behind that and uh facial conversations and so on, uh, these these signals that we send. What about a conversation where you're not in the same room, like we're having one here electronically? Uh, Are some of those signals sent electronically? And what isn't sent?
2: Well, what's even more fascinating, because I get that question, I would say every single time I do an event, they say, okay, now we get the face-to-face thing, but what about we spend most of our time on the phone? There are signals that we've never that we that we are blind sided to see and meaning we're not even noticing that are happening all the time when we're interacting. The length of time someone is thinking is a signal. The rapidity with which someone then joins into the conversation is a signal. These are all subtle auditory cues that we're sending each other. The fact that somebody's not talking is a signal and so um, as we learn to build this depth of this, this framework and this body of work, we're going to start opening up to different types of signals and to get in front of the curve with our signaling systems that are where we don't have the visual signs. Because we've been talking about body language forever. Right. But there's auditory language, there's auditory signals, there's gut, you still feel your gut saying something's wrong. I don't huh. like the level of mm. silence or I don't like what the silence sounds like. Those are, we, we, we have to find words to put to this whole new language of conversational intelligence where we're interacting, but we haven't had words before. I don't, let me see if I can say that better. When I, when I, when I wrote the dictionary, I had to come up with 3,500 new business terms. Every time I found a new term or put one into the dictionary that what didn't exist before, it enabled people to see things differently or feel things differently. And so we now need to invent a
1: language for the auditory signals, they're there. They're wow. there, wow. right? They're there. Well, this, this I think, deserves a lot more conversation, and we hope you'll come back and join us and update us periodically on some of the new things that are coming out with conversational intelligence and creating we.
0: Now, one of the things that uh, you we talked about before we had our conversation here is uh, you have some tools that people can use to start uh, getting into the whole exercise of conversational intelligence. Uh, Mm -hmm. Can you tell us about Neurotips?
2: Yep, we have Neurotips. What I've been doing for the last 10 years is uh, taking the research that's coming out, the new research from around the world, and um, taking each bit of new insight. For example, there's a place in the brain for sharing, a literal place in the brain, a button that pops on when we share. So people that that people that are tweeting to each other or sending instant messages, every time kids do that, that sharing part of the brain activates and sends chemical signals in the brain. The good news is that sharing and discovering get you to level three. Uh That's why there's such an addiction. So I will send out little tips about this so
1: people know what's going on. And so what that means is if the people who are listening, all of you out there are sharing, that we're all going to be... uh, activating these
0: that's right. we're going to be feeling better
1: about ourselves and each other. So that's right. <laughs> uh, to our listeners
0: there who are who are our community if you want to get uh a sample neuro tip from Judith Glazer, uh, go to growthignitersradio.com, select episode 3 and on the page there for this episode, you'll find resource links and at the bottom click on neuro tips and uh, you'll fill in the form so that we can send you instantly a sample NeuroTip from Judith.
1: Okay, well again, Judith, thank you so much for uh, being part of Growth Igniter's radio today. Any final thoughts that you want to leave with us? I do, I was sitting here thinking how good I felt about how
2: uh, open and how exciting our conversation was for me and all the things that we were able to talk about and for me to share. which is wonderful. So as a result of it, my oxytocin has gone up. (laughs) uh, Oxytocin is what helps people bond and collaborate better with each other. So the lucky next person that I speak with is going to benefit from me feeling as good as I do right now. And I want to thank you for that.
1: Oh, Oh, that's great. Well, thank you,
0: Judith. This has been terrific.
1: It really has. So join us next Wednesday when our guest will be Leslie Austin, PhD, affectionately known as the Lion Tamer. She appears frequently in national and local media, including the Headline News Network. And we're going to be talking with her about how to lead star performers who are also really difficult people.
0: And, um, there are some <laughs> elements of conversational intelligence in that, I'm sure. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: So <laughs> thanks for again for listening to Growth Igniter's Radio. And to check out resources related to today's conversation and subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher, go to growthignitersradio.com and select Episode 3. So
0: until next time, this is
1: Scott Harper and Pam Harper, wishing you
0: continued success, leaving you with this thought. Communication happens. Whether you're actively shaping your message or not, you're always communicating. Growth Igniters and Growth Igniters Radio are service marks of Business Advancement Incorporated. All Growth Igniter's radio episodes are copyrighted productions of Business Advancement Incorporated, intended for the private use of our audience. Except as otherwise provided by copyright law, all other uses, including copying, editing, redistribution, and publication without prior written consent of Business Advancement Incorporated, are prohibited. All rights reserved.